This is Five on Three, center ice for all things Islanders, Rangers, and all news across the NHL on WFUV Sports. Five on Three, WFUV's NHL podcast, back in action on Wednesday, April 13th, what would usually be week one of the playoffs. We got about three weeks to go in the regular season. Thomas Quigley, Tyler Mooney here virtually with me. I'm Chris Hennessy, and gentlemen, your teams uh, just locked up a playoff spot for the first time in four years, four or five years, and uh, they did it in resounding fashion with a 5-1 win over the Ottawa Senators. Ever since they lost to the Carolina Hurricanes, the Rangers, on home ice, they had a chance to tie for first place, but Tyler, at this point, I think it's I think it's lock it up, make sure Igor is healthy, and let's get to game one in Pittsburgh or at home, wherever it is. Exactly. Yeah, it's been a long, long, I believe it's five years. 2017 was the last time the Rangers qualified for the playoffs. Obviously, that weird qualifier phase, which I think back then Rangers fans were trying to claim that as a playoff berth, but now everyone's like, all right, now that they've actually <laughs> made the playoffs, you could say that that, was, that didn't really count. But uh, yeah, I was actually been fortunate enough to be at the last two games as a fan so the senators game they pretty much just dominated from start to finish obviously a much more difficult result last night against carolina but like you said chris it's just about now they're in just everyone stay healthy and make sure you're going into the playoffs playing your best hockey yeah i saw these two uh carolina games on the schedule both at home and i got a little greedy i was like ah maybe we have a chance at this division but um that was a tough loss uh, Tuesday night and uh, no, Monday night, right? Tuesday, Tuesday night. I mean, I'm not, yeah, Tuesday. Wait, yeah, yesterday. That was literally last night. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that was less than 24 hours ago. Busy stuff, busy times. But um, yeah, no, I mean, right now you kind of just want to make sure everything's, you know, solid before headed into the playoffs. Um, I don't think it's going to be, you know, too much of a, a difference whether they win the division or not when it comes to the playoff matchup. Um, so I don't know. I think it's uh, it's, it's obviously fantastic to be back in the playoffs. It's been a, uh, hasn't been a long rebuild, but it's definitely been an arduous one and uh, oh, to see it come to fruition this year um, in the way it has kind of like out of nowhere almost uh, has been pretty awesome. I hate this, this <laughs> narrative long and arduous rebuild. Come on. Signed Artemi it Panarin. Was, it's not been long. Sorry. I said it wasn't long. You did, not, you, you did correct yourself, but signed, I never correct. I never said anything wrong. I just said you, it was. You, hard. you signed Artemi Panarin within about five minutes of beginning a rebuild. Yeah, and it was and still then, a little bit. <laughs> even though not being a bottom five team in the league got two top two picks, but I mean, look, neither one of those guys have been the reason. It's been Chris Kreider who scored his fiftieth goal last night. He is only the fourth Ranger in history to score fifty goals, and. It's been an incredible season. I think that this is certainly not something we were expecting or I was expecting coming into this year. That $6.5 million cap hit looked a little stinky at the beginning of the year, and now it looks like among one of the best bargains in the National Hockey League. I I wonder, you know, how I – I don't know. Is, is this is, – nothing is sustainable about scoring 50 goals, right? Even with Austin Matthews, it's not sustainable to score 50 goals a year unless you're Wayne Gretzky in the 1980s. But Tyler, I mean, how how does this? Where was your mind with Kreider preseason, and, and how has that changed now? Because for me, it's this was a, a wild surprise. Yeah, well, this was definitely a surprise. I mean, I don't want to puff my chest out too far here, but if uh, 
you remember, Chris, on our season preview episode, you, me, and Mike Messina, we all went around and said, what's one player for the Rangers and Islanders who needs to step up this year? And I believe that I said Chris Kreider. Did I think he was going to score 50 goals? No. This is obviously way beyond what anything he's done in his career so far. Will he you know, reach these levels again in his career? Probably not. I mean, he benefits playing with, you know, some of the most skilled players in the world. He gets a vast majority of his goals on the power play. When you're playing with guys like Fox and Panarin and Mika, I mean, Cryer, he just parks in front of the net and he's able, he's elite at deflecting pucks and tipping pucks in. So um, is it sustainable? Probably not. But I think that, you know, he's carved out such, a perfect role for himself on that first line left wing and on, you know, that front of the net inside the crease role on the power play that I think, you know, you can count on him for around 30 ish goals for you already were able to count him for that, but I think you can continue to count on Chris Carter for that for at least the next few years. Yeah. I mean, the simple answer is no, this is not sustainable and he'll definitely never score 50 goals again. The dude's never scored 30 goals in a season until this year. So uh, obviously, he's way above expectations uh, for him. And to say that, you know, in your 10th NHL season, um, you know, you get your first 50-goal season. I doubt that there's going to be many more after that. Um, but at the same time, it does feel like he has kind of carved out that niche. Um, and he's found, like, you know, his his complete role on this team, at least, is just standing right in front of the net, getting in the way, getting in the way of pucks, getting his stick on the puck. Uh, and just dominating right in front of the crease. Um, we've seen him just completely uh, take advantage of that role this year. And, uh, you know, I, he'll probably put up, uh, I think, w- with this team right now, I think he could put up another great scoring year. 50 goals is an insane number. I would say he's definitely due for another 30-goal season, maybe a couple more in his career. Um, kind of amazing that he hasn't had one yet based on how amazing he has been this season. But um, no, I don't think that the 50-goal thing is sustainable. No, of course not. He's he's only eighth in shooting percentage. I would have thought he was even way higher than that, uh, just given how close from the net he shoots it. He's actually below Brock Nelson. And shooting percentage in basketball, obviously, look at it as a good thing. But in hockey, a lot of people say it's it's proof of luck as opposed to skill and I think that with both Brock Nelson and Chris Kreider this year two guys who have set career highs and goals you can definitely say that there's been a lot of luck but also you know they're really good at hockey and that's why they scored those that many goals so it's been a very good season for both of those players uh the Rangers have improved drastically since the deadline they, they're winning a lot of games here and looking to get into a playoff round They've beaten the Penguins three times since getting Frank Vetrano, Andrew Kopp, Justin Braun, and Tyler Mott. I I think that that is the most important part of this whole of this whole run here because they've beaten some bad teams, they've lost to some bad teams, including the Islanders twice, and the Devils once, and the Flyers in a shootout. Um, but I I think that beating the Penguins, they've had the Penguins number all year, is important because at this point, especially with losing to Carolina last night. It's almost a lock that these two teams are going to play game one at Madison Square Garden in three weeks. So I think, Tyler, that especially with how bad Tristan Jari has been in the last month or so, he's come back to earth so much so that Casey DeSmith just played two games in a row. I think that 
you got to be you got to already have your sights set on the round of eight, even though obviously you don't want to overlook anybody. But with how Pittsburgh has played in the playoffs the last four or five years, and how bad their goaltending is, and how you guys have owned them, I, I think that that's pretty fair, actually. Yeah, the Rangers have looked really good against Pittsburgh. And if even you go back to before the deadline, I believe it was before the deadline, the one game that the Penguins won, it was a one nothing game in Pittsburgh that Tristan Jari just flat out stole the game. I mean, Shesterkin played great. I think the Penguins got a goal in the third period and Jari just absolutely stood on his head. So there hasn't been one point in this year where the Penguins have, you know, certainly looked like the better team than the Rangers, but it's definitely been vice versa. I think, yeah, you know, going into last night, you thought, okay, there's a chance the Rangers can win the division here. They obviously lose. It looks a lot more difficult now. And I mean, you hate to try and like, okay, you don't want to win the division because technically you want to play a a worse team. And I think that'll always end up backfiring. But if you do look at it from, you know, just an objective standpoint, the Hurricanes are going to have to play the Lightning or the Bruins, or I don't, maybe even Toronto. I think Toronto might be starting to distance themselves, but Versus if you would compare those teams versus the Penguins or the Caps, I think if you're the Rangers, especially considering the way the Rangers have played against those two teams, you would much rather play Washington or Pittsburgh, especially Pittsburgh. So I think, yeah, also the way that Tristan Jari plays in the postseason, we saw it in the Islanders series last year. If you have a playoff series and it's Igor Shesterkin versus Tristan Jari, I mean, clearly Shesterkin is going to be the guy who most people are going to back. And in their matchups this year, besides the one game in Pittsburgh, Shesterkin has by far been the better goalie and the Rangers have been by far the better team. Yeah. I mean, I think obviously a key to that series, if it happens would be the goaltending. Um, And my one concern with this Rangers team, obviously this is their first playoff run in five years. So this unit is super young, very inexperienced, especially when it comes to a playoff run. Uh, But the one area that I don't worry about that at all is the goaltending position, because who in their right mind would say, oh, Igor Shesterk is not ready for the playoffs. He's never played an actual playoff game. I guess he started that one uh, qualifying round against uh, Carolina in game three, I think. Um, But I don't think anybody's worried about whether he's going to have the poise um, to play well in a playoff scenario. So that is one thing that I look for in a series against Pittsburgh where they clearly have the inferior goaltender. You never do know, but I, I would agree, Quicks, that he'll probably probably do just fine in the playoffs. Um, the Islanders aren't making the playoffs. They've been bad for the entire season. They made a little bit of, run, of a run there around St. Patrick's there. They got me all excited. They got it down to 11 points. Then the Caps got hot. They beat the Philadelphia Flyers 9-2 last night, did Washington – so despite the Islanders beating the Pittsburgh 5-4, to four, they are still 92-77. That's 15 points back with 10 to play, so 7.5 games in 10 games. That's just simply not going to happen, even with a game in hand. And two games against Washington just feels very unlikely at this point. So we, we move along to the more important parts, and I think one of them, and I, I would probably say the most important, is the development of the young players because the Islanders do not have a lot of young players. We've seen Oliver Wallstrom and Noah Dobson make an impact on the on the professional level. Robin Salo a little bit this year and a couple of guys from Bridgeport come up due to COVID and whatnot, Grant Hutton being one of them. But Oliver Wallstrom ends up being the takeaway from last night's game despite getting less than 10 minutes of ice time. Actually, because he got 10 minutes of ice time less than um, did not play a single second in the third period. This is not the first time this has happened. I can promise you it will not be the last. Because Barry Trotz and Oliver Wallstrom, whether it's philosophical or whether it's, I don't know, 
just don't see eye to eye at this point. Uh, I think that's pretty fair to say. Uh, and last night's press conference was one of the more interesting press conferences I've ever been a part of in my time here. Um, and it was not a press conference of a winning coach and a winning team. Because uh, even though they won, this happened. And the question was asked, why was Walsh bench essentially? Was it injury performance related? Trotz said it was performance related. When asked to give specifics, he said, I'm not going to give you specifics. That piece of the interview was cut out of the video that was posted on social media. Trotz then went on to talk about cherry pickers, how he hated cherry pickers when talking about how good Zach Parise has been. And then as he was walking out after the cameras and recorders turned off, he made an offhanded comment about, you guys know the definition of cherry pickers, right? And then opened the door and walked away. Um, this was This is not what the Islanders need right now. They need 26 and 13 to play together and play well together because that's how they're going to go win a Stanley Cup next year. And I'm ticked off at this point, Tyler, because I I don't understand what we're doing here. Why Andy Green and Matt Martin and Zidane Chara and you can the list goes on are getting time when this season is over. And this organization needs to realize that this season's been over for a long, long time. Yeah, it's a difficult scenario for Wallstrom. He he's definitely had you know an up and down year. Some times after the game, we've been in press conferences, and Barry Chotz has said, you know, I really like the way Wally's played tonight. He played a great game. There's been times where that Parise, Barzell, and Wallstrom run has really been clicking from you know their first shifts of the game, and then you have nights like last night. Um, it's tough to you know go against Barry Trotz. He, he's amazing coach one of the if not the best in the league obviously he's won a cup you mentioned in your recap last night Chris Trotz dealt with a sort of similar situation with Alex Ovechkin whereas you know Ovechkin maybe known at the start of his career to not play as much defense Trotz comes in Ovi buys in a little more and the Caps win the Stanley Cup so obviously you know Barry Trotz he's he's not just talking the talk he walks the walk He, he knows what he's talking about but I also agree at the same time you know you need guys like Wallstrom. Ovechkin didn't play any games 857 with 10 shifts. Yeah, exactly. You need guys like Wallstrom playing more, getting comfortable with guys like Matt Barzell because that's, you know, that's the future of the Islanders right there. Those are two huge pieces. And at this point in the season when you are a non-playoff team, I mean, we'll talk about it I think a little bit later in this episode, but you guys like got guys like Berniers and Power making their debuts for these non-playoff teams and it's all about getting these guys experience. So to see a guy like Oliver Wallstrom he, he struggled with – this has happened, like you said, Chris. It's happened all season, and it's still happening with, with three weeks left. Obviously, still a long ways to go with Oliver Wallstrom, but uh, it, it is a difficult situation to see, and I, I do understand both sides. On one side, you want to see Wallstrom play, but on the other side, I do – I personally, and if I were an Islander fan, I would trust Barry Trotz, so it's it's kind of two conflicting sides there, and it, it's difficult to, to know which one to pick. Yeah, I kind of question Barry Trotz's uh, willingness to just kind of throw such a young player under the bus in a press conference like that, just because, I mean, the way that you, uh, or the, the, the clip that you, that you had in your recap, he said, he like stressed that it was not, or that it was strictly a, a skill reason that he was not getting time. It was not injury. Um, and like, obviously, like you want to make that clear, but like doubling down the way he did, like he's just not playing good. I don't know. He's, he's 21 years old and he's still a young player. Um, 
I mean, if you mentioned it, like this is the time that you want to see young players like that get time because it is a lost season completely. Um, you know, you still have that like 0.5% chance to make the playoffs. It's but, 0.2 now. Oh, 0.2, right. Yeah, yeah no, it's like obviously you, you can't just take that uh, wholeheartedly. <laughs> you got to you gotta move the page or turn the page. And the Flyers or the Flyers are doing that. Um, you know, you saw the, the Sabres are doing that. And uh, it's probably time for the Islanders to do the same. Yeah, and I think, you know, Andy Green did not have a very good game again last night. I, you know, it... I would like to see Robin Salo playing a little bit more. Obviously, we, Tyler and I were both very impressed with the way he played. His first ever game was opening night at UBS, and I thought he played a very good game that night, and he continued to play pretty well. But apparently when he went down to Bridgeport, uh, he did not have as easy of a time, and that's what led to Grant Hutton getting called up, and he's been pretty solid as well. Uh, but, you know, Andy Green and Zidane Ochara, you know, yeah, sure. Is an Charles going to the Hall of Fame? But there's no reason for him to keep playing at this point. There's no Iron Man streak to preserve. Um, the only thing that you know you would ever want to say is he has a chance to break that ridiculous record. I think I've mentioned before of like most time, most amount of days between goals for the same franchise. It'd be twenty something years. Uh, <laughs> but that's about it. And the fact that he hasn't scored seventy two games into the season uh, with all the COVID and all the ridiculous games that they've played this year uh, is, is a little bit sad. But yeah, it's it was an interesting night because this was this could have been the night of Ilya Sorokin in the press conferences. Uh, he makes 43 saves, which is a career high. He stops all three shootout attempts, even though Crystal Tang never got the shot on goal, which was pretty funny. Uh, and he wins the game in a shootout basically single-handedly for the Islanders. Yeah, sure, they scored four goals in regulation, but if they had any other random goalie back there, they would have lost that game 7-4 in regulation, and they end up getting the win. Uh, I was bored this morning and was having a little fun and wanted to rank some stuff for the Islanders, and the easiest thing I ever ranked was Sorokin as the number one Islander this year because he, this is the... Robin Leonard had the best year a goalie has had in my lifetime as an Islander. Evgeny Nabokov had a good one, but this dude could put up numbers like one through five in the next five years. He's that good. He's the best goalie I've ever seen put on this jersey, and I am more than excited to see him play for the rest of his, hopefully for the rest of his career on Long Island. Um, but, and, and nights like last night make this season feel more like an aberration every, by, with the passing day. With next year, we should be right up there with the Carolinas, the Rangers, the Pittsburghs of the world. And let's go win a Stanley Cup because we got the guy in the back that can do it. So last night was huge for Sorokin. Yeah, he's been, I mean, amazing all year. I 100% agree. He's been the best Islander and He's just so he, he he makes it look really easy in net a lot of times. You know, it'll kind of sneak up on you. Oh, wow! You know, Sorokin has thirty saves right now, but it he he never it, he never makes the save seem like that difficult. He's not flailing around his crease a lot. He's he's always very structurally sound. And I think without him, I mean, the Islanders have had a difficult year. It goes without saying. But without him, this team could easily be they would probably be a bottom five team in the NHL. And I think when you have not now that, you know, you have the guy in Sorokin that you can rely on, it just makes it so much easier. I mean, look what the Rangers were able to do in the past decade when they knew they had a guy like Henrik Lundqvist. And now look what they're able to do when they know they have a guy like Igor Shesterkin. And it's just it's so huge to not have to worry about goaltending and to know that you have a rock back there who, you know, it doesn't matter how your team performs in front of him. He's always going to play at his best and he's always going to show up every single night. 
So it's really good to see that the Islanders have a guy like that because they've definitely, you know, struggled here and there to find that franchise goaltender. And now that they do have that, it's just one less thing that they don't have to worry about and one more thing that they can rely on every single night. Yeah, I still have nightmares of that save on Panarin from earlier this season. It's my Twitter uh, header now. Yeah, <laughs> insane. Um, I see it all the time. But yeah, no, the fact that you have a guy like that, Sorokin, uh, it, it, it's pretty telling that, you know, the Islanders made no deadline moves. They think that this is a one-off season and that next year they're going to be contenders again. So, um, you know, having a goaltender like Sorokin definitely sets you up for that. Yes, it does. Uh, Tyler, you mentioned it earlier, but we have a lot of college guys making their debut last night and this upcoming week. Sounds like Matthew Nyes, the forward from Minnesota, is going back to Minnesota instead of going to Toronto. That was a big one. That could have been, because obviously it's Toronto, it's also Matthews, the whole nine yards. That could have been a huge story, but he stays back. Uh, and his linemate, Ben Myers, who was the number one undrafted college free agent, he signs with, guess who, the Colorado Avalanche. This is a guy who was the captain of the team, led the team to the f- uh, Frozen Four, and he joins the preposterous forward unit of the Colorado Avalanche. I would have, I would project him to be in the starting lineup as soon as possible. Uh, and you know, Alex Newhook is another young guy. Logan O'Connor is another young guy. They are just full of talent. And man, I the rich get richer at some point. I understand why Ben Myers wants to go to Colorado. Do not get me wrong. I don't understand why Colorado feels like they need him. Uh, but I get it from his perspective. I get to live in Denver and basically coast to a Stanley Cup final appearance at least this year. So good for him. <laughs> yeah, literally the rich get richer. It's not even just the forward group too. I mean, they got so many stud young defensemen. Boom, Byram just came back. He he was out for a long time. So yeah, I mean that that team is so so good. It, it's crazy. That's got to be one of the best teams I've ever seen in my lifetime. Abs baby. I mean, it's kind of a four-team race at this point, right? But I still think that, um, no, I mean, like, we've seen, uh, like, a bunch of young guys get their debuts yeah, in Owen, week, so. Owen Power last night for Buffalo in a 5-2 win yeah, over the Maple Leafs. I thought he was okay. There was one point where he fell down and it led to a two-on-one, but he didn't score. He was fine. Matty Beneers gets his first point in a Seattle Kraken loss to Calgary. And Bobby Brink, the forward from Denver, gets his first point in Philadelphia's 9-2 loss to Washington. So, I mean, that's fun. That That's the kind of stuff that you love to see if you're a team like Buffalo, Seattle, or Philadelphia. That's what gets people in the seats late in the season, especially for for Buffalo. They get the number one overall pick, and he's out there again in Toronto, against Toronto. He's an Ontario kid, so, so good for Owen Power. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if you guys caught any of this. I, I saw some highlights. Matty Beniers looked fantastic with the puck on his stick. He looked like his speed translated right to the NHL. That's always a concern with speed guys. It was a concern with Barzell coming up. It's a concern with every speed guy is will his speed translate to the NHL? Beneers looked like he fit right in last night. Yeah, that no-look pass for the uh, that assist was was a thing of beauty, and that's, that's the big piece for Seattle right now. Obviously, they're going to – they have a glutton of draft picks this upcoming draft, and – a few drafts down the line, but he right now he's the number one piece for the Kraken. And it's definitely good to see that he's starting off on not only the right foot, but just an incredible pass by him. Hey, what about power? I think it's interesting that, you know, the very year the Sabres move on from, you know, their franchise player, second overall pick and Jack Eichel, 
well, they get their first overall pick uh, starting for them in the, I mean, after his run to the frozen four with Michigan. Um, I mean, that'll be an interesting uh, new relationship to see in Buffalo with it's uh, another young team, another rebuilding team. Um, that should be fun to watch. It definitely will be. And I think it will be interesting to watch this draft class because everybody knew Owen power was great, but people were high on Matty Beneers. People were high on Ken Johnson, who is projected to play, for Columbus, they saw he signed his entry level contract. He went fifth overall. So we could get five years down the road, and Power is really good, but not the best player. I think that that is very realistic, given what I've read about these prospects. Obviously, I watched a little college hockey this year, but not enough to give you a, a full blown breakdown of all these guys. But uh, what I've read is we could get five years down the road. Owen Power is a perennial all star, and he's not the best player in this draft. There was a lot of talent. Um, and we'll see how it translates, although so far so good uh, it looks. The Rangers signed um, Bobby Trevigno, Trevino uh, from UMass. He hasn't played yet, but he joins that. He's a forward, and he joins Zach Jones, who won the national championship with him last year. Denver beat Michigan. I don't know if you guys caught that game, but Michigan Michigan was this powerhouse. We talked about it a couple times this year with power, with Beniers, with Johnson. Uh, and they end up losing with Luke Hughes as well, who was fantastic uh, all year long. They end up losing to Denver, the national championship game. They played a terrible game. I mean, there was, like, wide-open looks for Denver. It's like, wait, I thought this was the team with two top four picks on their blue line. That was – I don't know if you guys caught that. That was, like, right opposite the Masters and other stuff. But I, I thought Michigan lost in the uh, semis. Oh, you're right. They lost to Denver in the semis. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Still. No. Sorry. No, no. Yes. They lost to Denver in the semis, and Denver beat Mankato in the, in the yeah, championship yeah. game. My apologies. But, yes, I, it was just a very weird game. I was not expecting Michigan to lose. I don't, did you catch it, Tyler, or no? No, I did not. But yeah. I, I'm not, I mean, also, I'm not a, not a big college hockey fan, but uh, I know a few people that are. And, yeah, they've been saying all year, Michigan, Michigan, Michigan. So I don't know I how shocked. it wasn't. I, yeah. I, <laughs> I watched it. Was a, it was I, the redemption tour for Michigan because they got, you know, yeah, to even compete last year because of the COVID. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it was also a revenge tour for for Minnesota State Mankato, who got ousted from the tournament last year. Um, so, but Denver ends up winning it all. Bobby Brink was the leading scorer in the nation, and he ends up going to Philadelphia and getting a point in his first game. So good for him, uh, and a a piece for uh, Philadelphia's future. Back to the NHL. Uh, Drew Doughty is out for the season in LA. He was having a pretty good year this year, uh, so it's obviously an unfortunate loss, but it, it impacts the the race out west because there is a race. There's no race in the east, right? We know the 18s. We don't know the seeding, as Tyler alluded to earlier. It could be Washington or Pittsburgh in that third metropolitan spot. But the west, there's a race because LA is in the third spot in the Pacific with 88 right now, and Vegas is at 85 uh, with a game in hand. So... They, they have all the time in the world here to make it up, and they just got Mark Stone back. And that would, obviously, L.A. would falling out, would open up a spot for uh, maybe Vancouver or, or or Vegas, and then Dallas has an opportunity to really lock up their spot. So so I I, I see this as having a major impact. I think this, this almost kills Los Angeles. I don't know about you, Tyler. Like, I, I just, I think the plus Stone minus Dowdy flips this coin uh, from heads to tails here. Yeah, I mean it's a big it's a big trade off. It's felt like it feels like everyone's been writing off Vegas because you know if you're looking at the wild card race, Dallas is three points ahead, but they have a game in hand on Vegas, and it, it's 
and the Knights haven't been playing you know, their best hockey, but suddenly you got this injury to Drew Doughty. Now Vegas has, you know, eight more games, nine more games have to try and make this ground up. You know, for LA, a team that no one expected to be in this position at all, they didn't really make any moves to the deadline, I think, because they knew, you know, if we make the playoffs, we make the playoffs, but we're not going to make a deep run. I think if LA does end up, you know, making the postseason, it looks like they're probably going to play Edmonton. I don't think I would have picked them in that series anyway, but especially missing Drew Doughty, the most, one of the most experienced guys on that team, one of the most experienced guys in the NHL. He's got two Stanley Cups. Um, a huge loss for them. But uh, yeah, it definitely makes things very interesting in that Pacific race. And that's going to be close. Do we know if do Vegas and LA play each other at all in the season? Uh, I can look right now. Look right now. Uh, LA. They do not. schedule. No. No, they don't. That's unfortunate. unfortunate. Yeah, that's unfortunate for Vegas. Yeah. LA's schedule on the way out here is Colorado tonight, Columbus, Anaheim, Chicago, Anaheim, Seattle, Vancouver. That's easy. That is easy. Columbus. Not a a hard schedule at all. (laughs) No, not at all. So that that might change things there. I got to look at Vegas' schedule now. But, man, I mean, and then Vegas loses an overtime to Vancouver last night. Like, I don't know. Vegas still has. Flames, Oilers, Caps are on there. Blues are on there. Stars. Wow. They do have the Devils, Sharks, and Blackhawks, but Vegas definitely has a harder schedule. Wow. It's hard to believe Vegas is going to miss the playoffs. Like, if you told me at the beginning of the year Vegas was going to miss the playoffs, I wouldn't have believed you. And they had Jack Eichel in the middle of the season. They've never missed the playoffs in their franchise. never once. (laughs) I don't even know if they've been, like, out of the playoffs post-October in their – because remember, they got they got off to such a hot start in 2017 and have right. every year since. I think I had them like cakewalk into the division title this year. Yeah, we all did. There was two. I was like, not nah, going to be a race, but I think it'll be over by March. We had like three locks. We had Lock, <laughs> Vegas winning the Pacific. We had Lock, Islanders in Carolina 1-2 in the Met. <laughs> and we had Lock, uh, Tampa, Toronto, Boston, which ended up coming true. So I think one, we had Lock. Give us a little credit. We had locked Colorado. Oh, of course, of course, of course, of course. We, we, we locked Colorado into winning the Western <laughs> Conference. We did do that. That's true. So we we should give ourselves credit on that. Looking one. like they're going to do that. But definitely, <laughs> definitely they are. Um, Vegas Edmonton to me would be an epic playoff series. Eichel versus McDavid uh, in the first round would be awesome. I, I think that that is what we should be rooting for, and that's nothing against the Kings. I think we have a lot of the Kings to watch in the next 10 years with some of the draft picks they've made and some of the guys they have coming up in Quinton Byfield, Brant Clark, Arthur Kaliev, and some others. Um, so I, I, I'm rooting for Vegas Edmonton because I think that'd be a great first-round series. As much as I hate this playoff format, I'm going to root for it to work, if that makes any sense. You know what I mean? Like, I, I hate the playoff format with all of my heart, but I want Carolina and Tampa to play in the first round. You're damn right I do. Wait, specifically what? The the series themselves or who makes the team? Like the, the no, team? how it's set up. It's the worst setup okay, of all time. Divisions, right. Yeah. yeah, it's bad. It's really bad. I think, think about what we just talked about. There, there's a legitimate conversation that the Rangers should not win the division because they will absolutely play a worse team right. if they come in second versus if they come in first. That makes no sense. That should not happen. Bingo. Yeah. The Islanders purposefully lost out in 2016. Well, they didn't they never said purposefully. It was pretty obvious. They benched everybody in 2016 so they could play Florida in the first round and they had more points than Florida and they were the road team. Yeah, that, I'm that, pretty sure that happened when the uh when the Rangers played 
Ottawa. Ottawa was the home team, and the Rangers had more points. Yeah, it was I think more, Ottawa, like the Rangers were the top wild card team. Right, but so I they were on the Atlantic like, side, but they had, and they had more points than Ottawa because they were the three yeah. seed. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Just do one through eight, yeah. and then I heard this on um, no idea where I heard it. I've listened to too much stuff in the last couple of days. But what if the NHL adopted a play uh, the NBA play-in? The NBA play-in was last night in Brooklyn, and it's tonight. Just blow this whole thing up. Go one through ten with the seven, ten, eight, nine games, or the seven, seven, eight, nine, ten games. Excuse me. I, I'm not against it because the season is so random and so long. I'm not against a three-game series to determine the seven and eight seeds. Plus, like the only people that are going to be against it are the players because they don't get paid for the playoffs and it's three more chances for them to get hurt. But the TV networks are sure as heck going to be for it. The the owners are sure as heck going to be for it. If, if if you kick in something for the players on the other side in the CBA, I don't see why this, this couldn't put push through. I don't know if what you guys think about that, but I love that idea. I'll be honest. I don't really like the NBA plan. I th- I what I like. But about, that's one I, game. I'm, I'm saying best of three because I'm with you. I don't love the one game. I I don't like. Okay, my favorite playoff format. Well, I think it's changed now. The MLB. The MLB. They added like two. They, they added extra teams. Yeah, but, it, but like the ten team format was. My really favorite cool. thing about the MLB playoffs is you actually have to be a really good team to make the playoffs. And unfortunately, there are other good teams that will miss the playoffs. The thing I hate the most about the NBA, like the Spurs, are in the plan game. And I think they're 10 plus games under 500. That team should not be anywhere near a play in game or a playoffs. Granted, I think in the NHL, if you know, if you look at the standings, the teams that would be in a hypothetical plan are all, they're all at least above 500. Like they're decent teams, but I just want it one through eight. That I'm, that's the easiest. It's, it yeah. makes the most sense in my mind is one through eight. I mean, I liked that back in the day. I mean, when did they adopt the, the division playoffs? Like, the 20, the, the lockout. Okay, it's 2013. Yeah, the 48-game lockout. Yeah, that was, I mean, like, I get that you want to, like, incentivize, like, local rivalries with the, the, the division mattering. Like, it had no effect on, like, playoff seating before that. Um, but I think the biggest problem is there's just too many teams. Like, the fact that 16 out of 32 teams make it, like, half the teams make it. I thought they you were going to say there's too many teams in the league that we should, that oh, we should no, blow no, up franchises. No. That's why I thought you were going, which would be so great. <laughs> if Quicks just started picking off the franchises. Yeah, Arizona, you're know. done. <laughs> we need a team in Tennessee. No, <laughs> uh, no I, I think if, if we had like, like uh, even like 12 teams, like six per division, and you give like the top two buys, like that NHL or the NFL playoff. The old format. NFL format was the best. I that was great. That was the best teams, one ever. Like, yes. You get two buys each. That, I mean, that would, you'd never be able to like incentivize the NHL to do that because the more the games they have, the more money they make. But that would be the best, I think. I agree with you. I, I'm a, my favorite playoff format personally is the old NFL format where top two gets the buy. And you have right. four games in week one and four games in week two. That's my, I, I like the wild card game in baseball too. Which is kind of like I'm not an NBA fan, but I was into the net game last night. I was following Gigi's coverage of it because that's exciting, you know. And we have no excitement right now in the NHL. And you know, it's it's silly to say we should change the playoff format off of one year, but this isn't off of one year. This is off nine years of boring playoff races, boring playoff races in the National Hockey League. But that was just something I I had seen, and I don't know. Playoffs are exciting, but we have nothing to talk about for three weeks now because the the playoffs in the East are locked up. Who really cares about the Dallas Stars? 
And because whoever's whoever gets in is getting killed by Colorado anyways. They're getting smoked. The only the only playoff spot left is the right to get murdered by Colorado. <laughs> so who cares at this point? But whatever. That's the one good thing about at least the East. You know, the races are the race has been not great, but one the number one team versus the number eight team in the East, that's gonna be a great series. Is it? Florida against Washington is gonna be a good series? I feel like that. I mean, what? Washington beat Philly nine two. I mean, they, well, that's Philadelphia. I mean, this. Is, I know, but Zolechka, man. Yeah, yeah like a pedigree. I guess. I guess you're right. He's not great. Better Colorado. than Colorado. Colorado's gonna win four zero. Maybe. Maybe the Stars will go up. Maybe the Stars will go down three zero, and then they'll win a game at home. Maybe gentlemen sweep. Possibly. Speaking of the playoffs, Colorado and Carolina play on Saturday, and I looked at the schedule and I was like, hmm, I wouldn't mind that being the Stanley Cup final. So I'm just going to throw out a Stanley Cup final, and we're going to say yay or nay. You guys have to take your Ranger fandom out of it. If I say Rangers, you have to just say, I'm taking this as the as the neutralist fan, just the teams, the markets. Now, of course, because it's New York. You enjoy it's, to watch this? Like, enjoy, this be- enjoy to watch if you're a Seattle crack. If, if you're no, That's a bad example because there aren't that many. Of New York Islanders fan. <laughs> no, because I would root against the Rangers, right, so that wouldn't yeah. be enjoyable for me. Uh, if... Um, Nashville Predators. They, Honestly, no, because you got to take a team that's out. Seattle Kraken fans probably have like no. Columbus Blue Jackets. There you go. The there it is. There it is. Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah. Columbus Blue Jackets. <laughs> a team that's not making the playoffs. There's no real rivalries. Columbus Blue Jackets. Perfect. <laughs> All right. So Colorado, Carolina. We'll start with that one. I think that would be epic. And I am going to be locked in on Saturday afternoon, 4 o'clock for this game, because I think this could be an awesome series. This is kind of like the new age analytics guys. Carolina's bought in heavy on that. Colorado, they haven't been as public about it uh, as Carolina, but they make moves that all of the analytics people on Twitter love, and like it's like, oh yeah, Joe Sackick's a nerd. I think this would be great. I would love Colorado, Carolina. Yeah, that would be awesome. I it would be interesting to see too. I mean, coming off seeing Carolina play last night, they I didn't realize how maybe it was just last night they were especially on top of their game, but they completely shut down the Rangers' top players. And the Rangers had three or four power plays. And it was probably the worst special teams power play game the Rangers have had in a very long time, maybe maybe this whole season. The Hurricanes, I mean, they completely shut down Zibanejad. Kreider got the late goal. Panarin was held off the score sheet, I believe. So it would be a lot of fun to see that Carolina defense go against, you know, McKinnon, Ranton, and McCarr. That, that would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, whenever you see, like, two division winners go at each other, uh, it's going to be a good game. And so that would be a great series. Definitely, um, from an objective standpoint, I'd rather see the Rangers there. But um, I think that would be interesting because it's also two kind of like small markets. I mean, Denver's, you know, decent Denver's a major city, and apparently – and they just won the national championship too. So I think that they can – imagine they win the national championship and the Stanley Cup in the same year. I think it will be a a hockey hotbed. city then, yeah. Yep. Wally's not even the biggest city in North Carolina. No, it is not. That's true. So <laughs> the one I wanted would... go for it, quick. No, I, I, that was it. Okay, that was my <laughs> the one I want to see is Florida, Colorado. Same kind of reason. These two teams played to get against each other in ninety five, ninety six, somewhere around there, um, and it was like the clutch and grab Panthers against. Uh, a fl- high-flying Colorado team when it was very boring, and Colorado killed Florida, I think it was 96. And this would kind of be like ending that clutch-and-grab era, like metaphorically speaking, where these are te- these two teams play like literally zero defense. 
and it would be the and they're both of their goalies are terrible, and it would be the most fun thing ever. I mean, I think I think if you look at this as you know a television executive, let's just say you're like, how am I supposed to sell Florida, Colorado? Sell it with these goalies suck, and this is going to be awesome, and every game is going to be six five. Think about the Tampa Florida series last year. Yeah. I mean, those games were insane. Yeah, I, I would like to see that just because I believe those are the two best teams in the NHL. So I mean that would be amazing. Yeah, I mean how high powered offense. No one wants to see uh pitchers duels from the goalies. So. No, definitely. All right, I have two more. This one's very interesting to me. Minnesota Pittsburgh. Flurry against Pittsburgh in the Stanley Cup final. That's it. I so that's the only thing that gets for me. I don't want to see Pittsburgh in the final again, and that's not even coming from being a Rangers fan. It's just that like we've seen back to back from them. I know. I don't know. It's been a while though. It's been a while. They haven't done well in the playoffs. I uh, and I maybe it's because the Islanders beat them twice, but I'm kind of over them. And if they get back, if they win, good for Crosby because he's one of the greatest, and he gets his fourth. Like uh, the Islanders being out of it this year and beating Pittsburgh two years in a row or two times in three years. To me, it has kind of t- taken the sting out of Pittsburgh a little bit. But that's just I, I, I would like that matchup as only if the Penguins were to lose. Fair. That's fair. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to see the Penguins. I would love to see Minnesota make yeah. a deep run. That yeah, they'd be a lot of fun. That deserves it. Um, but, yeah, I'm I'm Pittsburghed out. That that's team, fair. I mean, we grew up our we grew up our entire our entire childhood and teenage years watching this team make deep playoff runs. Give me give me like a Colorado or a or a Florida or a Minnesota. I want to see some new blood in here. I know they went to four Stanley Cups in nine years. I get it. Oh eight, oh nine, oh and sixteen, seventeen. But I uh, yeah, I think I think it would be fun just because they get to play against each other. And then, yeah, I'd be rooting like hell for okay. Minnesota. Uh, my last one is Calgary, Toronto. This is the one I want to see least because I want the streak to go on forever. Yes. I want I want the I want the no cup since '93 to go on forever. And if Calgary and Toronto play against each other, a that means that Toronto broke their streak and they've won a playoff series, and b it would mean that the cup is going back to Canada. And as much as I love Calgary, I think Calgary is awesome. And you know Johnny Gaudreau just got his hundredth point. They're kind of like the American Canadian team because they have Gaudreau and Kachuk. But uh, I I don't want to see this because I want I want this streak forever because I think it's hysterical and I love how much uh, Canadian media, hate, media hates it and if they don't show that GD graphic on Trade Center next year I'm going to be mad because they show it every single year how many cups that the Canada has lost consecutively so I'm against Calgary versus Toronto <laughs> I would like to see it I mean the streak is funny but uh, if the streak were to come to an end that would be I mean a fantastic series two extremely passionate fan bases two teams that haven't won. I mean, obviously the Leafs drought is. I mean, what are we at? We definitely we over fifty years yeah, now. Yeah, sixty-seven. So that's fifty-five. Oh It'll be fifty-five oh, yeah. at the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. nineteen sixty-seven. I thought you were yeah, saying sixty-seven years. No, no, like, no. 50, oh fifty-five. If they don't win the cup this year, this is year fifty-five. And Calgary hasn't gotten it done since I believe the late eighties. So you know, yeah, you know. that haven't won in a while. I think that would be an incredible series. Two teams that have really struggled to get over the hump in the playoffs as well. Toronto, well-documented, don't need to go into that. But Calgary as well, a few years ago, they were number one seed in the Western Conference, and they got Lost beat Colorado, pretty handily right? by Colorado, I think, four or five games, five, six games yep. so in the first round. So uh, it would be nice to see those two teams break their playoff curses, I guess, and then go even farther than that and make it all the way to the finals. Yeah, I mean, I like the Canadian playoff or 
Stanley Cup drought, although I definitely rooted for the Canadians over the Lightning last Stanley Cup Finals, so it would be kind of hypocritical for me to say that I <laughs> want that to keep going. But the streak that I definitely want to keep going is the uh, Leafs just not being able to do anything in the playoffs. I know. Um, and that would require them to win uh, three playoff series when, like, are we sure that we could that they can even win a single one? No, uh, we're not sure about so that. They're not sure. I just don't see it happening. Um, but definitely, I would I would be rooting if you couldn't tell you I would be rooting for the Flames in that series. That would be cool for Calgary to get another. Um, I think they only have one in '89. So, yep. um, you know, I think we're gonna have a great Stanley Cup final this year. I have a feeling in my bones. We've had two bad ones in a row, and we haven't had a good one since 2019, which is one of one of the best. Yeah, I, I think we're going to have a really good one this year. I do. I have a feeling. So hopefully I'm right and it doesn't stink. But with that being said, it's going to be like clutch and grab. Every game is one nothing. Five-game series. Get out of here. But oh well. Hope that doesn't happen. Um, so that's that's pretty much all I've got. We didn't have a ton to get to this week. Uh, and we still went 45 minutes because that's what we do. Uh, by the time you've heard this, because it's about to start in 10 minutes at our time, uh, the Rangers are playing the Flyers tonight. I guess you're not going, Tyler, even though you're only a couple miles away. From, no, from I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm, I've, I'm all rangered out. I'm in the. I'm gonna. The watch tickets it. are probably like three dollars for like. <laughs> yeah, they probably are. How? I didn't even. I didn't even look at tickets because if I looked at them, then I would probably go. And my bank account's been hurting a little bit. As I mentioned, I went to the last two Rangers games, so uh, <laughs> I'm watching one from the comfort of my couch. Very nice. We'll enjoy it tonight. I am back at UBS next Tuesday against the Panthers. Tyler, when's your next Islander game? I believe I'm going against Wash or Carolina. Carolina, on, yeah, next Saturday. That sounds yeah. right. Tyler uh, Thomas, when are you going to Madison Square Garden? Uh, let me, I actually have like no clue. Uh, they're on I'm the road. Boy, they're on the road, so not. Uh, they are on the road. I'm definitely. I think my next home game is. Uh, maybe it's. Against Winnipeg? All right. No, it's not that one. I don't know. I'll well, be you'll there, have so. to stay tuned to TQUIGS04. Yeah, you're going to have to follow me on Twitter. That's TQUIGS04 for all your latest. See you next week. Bye.